business rock stars. Kelly Kennedy here. And today I wanted to introduce you to my business, Capital Business Development, where we don't just see businesses. We see your potential to change the world. We see your passion, your dedication, and drive to do something extraordinary. And we're here to help you bring that vision to life. At Capital Business Development, we understand that behind every business is a visionary, someone with the determination to make a difference. Whether you're a startup with a big idea or an established company aiming to expand your impact, we're here to support you every step of the way. Our mission goes beyond traditional business development. We're committed to nurturing your dreams and empowering you to achieve greatness. From strategic planning and networking to hands-on support and personalized coaching, we provide the tools and guidance you need to succeed. So if you're ready to transform your vision into reality, look no further than Capital Business Development. Visit us today at www.capitalbd.ca to learn more about how we can help you unleash your potential to change the world. Your dreams matter. Let's make them happen together. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. Welcome to episode 68 of the Business Development Podcast. And on today's episode, we have Don Murray, Director of Imprint Sign and Print Solutions. And with over 30 years of design and print experience, we're going to learn a few things. Stay tuned. The great Mark Cuban once said, business happens over years and years. Value is measured in the total upside of a business relationship, not by how much you squeezed out in any one deal. And we couldn't agree more. This is the Business Development Podcast, based in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and broadcasting to the world. You'll get expert business development advice, tips and experiences, and you'll hear interviews with business owners, CEOs, and business development reps. You'll get actionable advice on how to grow business. Brought to you by Capital Business Development, capitalbd.ca. Let's do it. Welcome Welcome to the the Business Business Development Development Podcast. Podcast. And And now your your expert expert host, host, Kelly Kelly Kennedy. Hello, welcome to episode 68 of the Business Development Podcast. Wow, it still blows my mind that we're, we're approaching episode 70 rather quickly. It won't be long till we're up over 100, but uh, I never saw that coming. You know, I sometimes I look back and I think about episode 1 through 10 and like, at that time, we could have never pictured the growth that this show has had. So if you are a consistent listener of the Business Development Podcast, we appreciate you greatly. Thank you so much for, uh, for contributing to the success of our show. And we hope you stick with us for a very, very long time. On today's show, we are chatting about graphic design and marketing materials. I am graced today with Don Murray, the Director of Imprint Sign and Print Solutions. Don boasts a remarkable 30-year career in the dynamic realms of graphic design and printing. As a co-leader alongside Jan Syke, he has been instrumental in steering Imprint towards its position as a thriving enterprise, even amid the challenges presented by the pandemic. Don's extensive expertise spans both sheet-fed, offset, and wide-format signage, making him a true luminary in the industry. This diverse background equips him with the capability to provide a wide spectrum of print solutions, blending the best of both worlds to craft, bespoke, and innovate approaches for every project. Under Don's leadership, 
Emprint has earned accolades, including a prestigious nomination for the Atchison Community Award. His passion for the craft, unwavering commitment to quality, and creative problem-solving abilities continue to drive Imprint's success, making it a trusted destination for a wide array of printing needs in Atchison, Alberta, and beyond. Don, how are you today? I'm doing well, Kelly. Thanks for having me on. It is an absolute pleasure. 30 years in the industry. That's wild. Yeah, I, I like to tell people 20 plus years because 30 sounds like just a little bit archaic. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we uh, we move and grow with the times, right? Oh, goodness. I hate to break it to you, but the 90s was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> like, is that all you've been doing since you were very young? You know what? I... Um... Yeah, right at the end of high school, I, I was I wanted to go to university. I, I didn't know what direction to head to in university, and uh, an opportunity came up to apprentice in a print shop. Yeah, and you know, back then, of course, everything was very analog, very very craft, hand skilled, um, you know, type of type. Of, and so I really fell into it, and at the same time, really, you know, learned to enjoy it, and, and it was a very gratifying you know, uh, a job for me. So, um, so I just, yeah, I stuck with it and, and kind of rolled with the changes and here we are. That's wild. Yeah. So, you know, in the beginning, like, is it, is it one of those industries that has stayed very much the same or like what kind of change have you experienced in that time? You know, um, obviously like the, the, the machinery has changed, the technology to, to, to get graphic design has changed, but is a lot of printing still printing is printing. Not even close. It's <laughs> it has um, it has changed so so dramatically and so rapidly that uh, really the uh, um, you know the apprenticeship that I that I had my journeyman certificate was wasn't valid the year after I received it and wow. um, yeah so I mean when I got into the industry you know we were producing everything with film and a lot of hand cutting for color yep. separations and. And everything was running on offset presses in the sheet fit industry at that time. And uh, certain limitations to that. I mean, there's there's lots of things those presses do well and still do very well. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there was no digital side of things, right? And so, you know, fast forward just a couple of years and digital scanning, you know, started to enter the industry yep. along with digital cameras. And, you know, so we saw this, this real change from great photography that was film-based mm -hmm. to horrible low-resolution digital camera image capture. Yes. And so the, the industry almost took a bit of a hit there, right? Where our, our print quality actually went down for for a number of years just in those images that uh, were being produced. And, uh, you know, along with that, um, you know, Photoshop that everybody knows and loves as a software yeah. uh, kind of came in year year three in its infancy. And, and of course, now that is the de facto industry standard for dealing with images. Um, yeah. So as, as that sort of that digital footprint started to change and um, you know, it changed our industry and, and what really happened over the course of a number of years is we, um, we saw a digital press technology, uh, you know, move into the industry and it always competed against the offset world, the offset world, we could always achieve very high quality print products. Yeah. And the digital side, again, started very, 
you know, it was it was convenient and it was less expensive to kind of get into it, but the the print quality just didn't compare. It wasn't even close. And uh, so as that, you know, that model changed, um, you know, there's really a lot of that R&D kind of went into the digital side. And, uh, you know, of course, we saw that at home with our home printers and photocopiers and then digital presses. And, and really, the digital presses are sort of that technology on steroids, right? And, and with a lot more software support. So, um, yeah, so with that, I mean, again, challenges, uh, peaks and valleys. But, um, you know, color management, color science really changed with how we were putting ink on paper. And at the same time in the, the wide format signage industry, you know, it was moving in the same direction from historically like silkscreen presses to wide format inkjet printers. Yeah. And, um, you know, so that technology changed right alongside. And uh, so, you know, with us, so as a, you know, as a person in the industry, we had to change and adapt as well. And, you know, what, it, what are the advantages of this new equipment? What are the disadvantages? You know, can we, can we bring in a piece of equipment and the software and have somebody who was doing everything by hand or in an analog environment operate this equipment and successfully transition to the, the software, right? So, so the whole industry, you know, even from a labor perspective, started to adapt and change. And, and some people did that very well and, and some people struggled with it. And um, so there was, that was one of the challenges that we faced. Um, you know, moving forward, as we, you know, as that industry changed, people's needs and requirements for print changed. Obviously, during this period, again, dating myself, we, uh, you know, the internet <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sort of came into fruition and email and digital technologies uh, changed how print media, you know, was sort of handled in, uh, you know, in, in the business world, in the retail world. How are people, um, you know, digesting that information? And so, again, the industry took a, took a really big hit. I mean, we all know the first, um, you know, first Kindle came out and yeah. took a bite out of the novel market, right? Um, there were e-magazines and, you know, that took a bite out of that industry. Forums, the forums industry really changed quite significantly. And so a lot of printers who were sort of focused in certain areas really struggled and and some of yeah. them didn't make it and and so the industry has been had declined for a number of years and and i would say probably 2010 2011 was sort of the the tapering off of that decline yeah where you had a number of people who you know in north america specifically um preferred reading books with paper right they yeah. they liked the tangible feel of it um it was more comfortable they had tried the kindle they'd come back you know and so we saw a little bit of a rebound uh, magazine. The magazine market actually really dramatically rebounded. Um, and I think, you know, people, people like uh, some of the things they like about books and paper is that you can control the pace and the content, right? And even as a producer of that type of content from a design perspective, we can control what people are seeing on the page without it being in their face, right? And we can give it to them rather than you know, having to go to a link or, or an action on their part to see that, that offering. So, yeah. you know, if you had an ad in a magazine, you could control what you put next to that ad or on the opposing page sure. and people are going to flip. Right. So, so a number of these markets did rebound 
but what did change was the um, was the quantities of of content that people needed. And so because of the the internet and the ability to rapidly change the amount of information we're delivering to people, uh, print always lagged that way because it's a there's a production cycle to it. You know, um, if we put something up on the internet, uh, we can put it up very quickly. We can look at it, we can gauge response, and then we can change accordingly. Yeah. And if something is in print, it's in print and it's it's there. It's timeless unless somebody recycles it, right? Yeah. So uh, so there's a, a bit of a lag there. So that desire to change information rapidly or at least anticipate uh, information change also changed the, the print requirements for people. So... Um, you know, instead of instead of people printing 10,000 brochures for all of their trade shows in a year, knowing yeah. that they would get a good good volume pricing on that, they might sure. want to print a thousand for this, uh, you know, this brochure. So um, costs go up when it comes to offset printing that regard. Uh, but this is where digital printing really, you know, really got a good foothold in the industry. Um, so, yeah, so again, embracing those technologies, you know, it, it was more about the right fit for the right product. Yeah, no, and and like as a gigantic advocate for physical brochures, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, you know what, I see the benefit of both. And, and I, you know, with all my clients, I say, look, we need, we need both. Because if you are meeting people in person, which is what we always advocate for on the business development side of things, yeah. I like to give something to get something. If I'm going to ask somebody, for business, or if I'm going to ask somebody to give me a business card or something, I think that an exchange should happen. So in my mind, whenever I ask for a business card, I give a business card. And whenever I'm at a meeting, and I you know, we're having a discussion, I love to pull out a physical brochure. And for a few reasons, um, what I've found in my time in business development is people don't especially if it's a beautiful, well designed brochure, people don't throw them out. They sit on people's desks for a decade sometimes. <laughs> like, there's something about having that physical print product um, that can physically be on somebody's desk or in their pile or in their mail bin versus a digital product. I, I think you should ultimately send both. But if companies have gone to a completely digital strategy, my, my word of advice would be to go back and at least have a... At least go back and create a physical brochure to move forward with. Yeah. And, and I would, you know, agree with you. And, and, you know, so that's one of the, one of our recommendations as well is to say, yeah, you know what, everybody needs a great website, right? You have to have online content. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, um, you know, we want people to be able to get there. Right. And so if you use a, a brochure, you know, with your QR code website, all your contact information, your list of products, it's, it's really easy to use for them. And we want to drive people to your, you know, to your website if they need more yeah, information or more uh, interactions, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to take, uh, I want to go back to, you spent some time at a company called Priority Printing, quite a bit of time, 20, 20 years. <laughs> what, uh, what are some of the tasks that you learned while you were there? Yeah, well, we were, uh, you know, one of the my role there was was managing the pre-press graphic design area. Um, so with that was, uh, you know, we had six staff members. And during that time, we, we did transition from, you know, a lot of the analog side into uh, digital side, just from a, from a production standpoint, how we handled, you know, people supplying files versus, 
uh, hard copies and you know how to how to transition with that and uh, so lots of new equipment um you know changes in in people's roles and a really mixed environment i mean we had graphic designers with university degrees or college you know program degrees uh interacting daily and working with tradespeople to uh to produce and of course very tight de- deadline industry right lots of lots of demands and and one of the unique demands that uh or challenges that we face in the pre-press world is that um it's one of those few industries where we're creating a custom manufactured product that a lot of times starts out on somebody's home computer they have a very real hand in in producing the artwork right so it would yeah. be it would be like building your own cupboard and then taking it to a you know a cupboard manufacturer to refine and finish and make a few more of type of thing so um so there are some unique things about the industry that way and and so so really a lot of my time there was spent in uh, in process you know control and and how do we change this process how do we make things more efficient and how do we drive you know our business forward that way um the other thing i was i was tasked with at priority was uh you know alternative revenue streams and that's when we uh you know amp- implemented their wide format signage area that they had yeah uh, at the time there so uh, and those really are two different industries and um yeah so different unique challenges between the you know integrating the two yeah no uh, totally um one of the questions that i have is kind of like you said that integration of the customer and the print shop I think that, you know, as a business, sometimes it's really challenging to know, um, you know, like you have an idea, you need a new brochure, you need a magazine created, or you want to get some promo materials done, or you need to get a sign printed. Um, but like you said, you might have like an idea of what you want, or given the modern day, a lot of people know how to use Canva and a lot of other uh, different design situations, Photoshop and whatever else. Um, how, how... I'm sure that there's like the common issues that you run into all the time with regards to a customer coming to your shop and saying, Hey, I just need this done. You should be able to just do it. And then the realization that no, there's definitely more that needs to be done or a lot more that needs to be done on the print shop side and design side to make sure that they can get it to a, a point that would be acceptable um, for the customer. Can you explain that interaction a little bit better um, and maybe mitigate some expectations or maybe help a business owner with what they should consider before they approach the print shop? Yeah, I think the first thing I'll address are, are timelines. And, you know, we, we do require a certain amount of time. Obviously, any industry does to manufacture the piece. And depending what it is and, and the quantity, um, you know, that, that can change. But what I found over the years is that uh, quite often the, the longest process in the, in the print production side of things is, is actually developing the the artwork um you know does the customer have the content right you know we have we have design people on staff but uh you know and we have copywriting if they require that but um we don't know your business as well as you know your business Mm -hmm. so you know for us to copyright we need direction so you know and we we have customers who come in and they say okay i don't know where to start and that's okay then come on in, we sit down, we have a, we have a conversation. I'll ask some questions. We'll start to see, okay, what's important to your business? Who are you trying to reach? What are your products? You know, what do you want to highlight? And 
So we start there and then we start filling in the blanks. And, you know, the, the actual design of the piece, you know, once we have that content, now we can hand that off to our designer and let them know, okay, these are areas that need to be highlighted. You know, do we want supporting images? Um, you know, what kind of, you know, what kind of graphic elements do we want to dress this up? And, and then we turn it over to them. And, and I have a great appreciation for creatives and, mm -hmm. and people who can conceptualize. And, um, you know, so that's kind of right from that. I, I don't have anything, but here's what I want. Yeah. To, um, to people who say, okay, you know what? You mentioned Canva. I've built this on, in Canva. Um, you know, can you just print it? And a lot of times we can, and then sometimes we just can't because it's not built to the, you know, the size and shape that they want. And so then we work with them to either, you know, adjust those files ourselves or, yeah. uh, you know, or back to them say, Hey, try this. What about this? Can you make it this size, add this, and this type of thing. So, um, yeah, so we, we, we don't, uh, you know, we don't just, just leave people when they, they sign up with us. Yeah. Uh, you know, once they, they commit to an order or drop off a file, sometimes it's a bit of a back and forth process. We want to make sure at the end of the day, our goal is to deliver a product that they are, you know, happy with, that they were expecting. There's no surprises. It's something they're, they're proud to give out that's going to represent their business well. Yes. Yes. And in my experience in business development, uh, a good design and print studio becomes an incredibly valuable partner to any organization. And I know that it can just seem like a service, but trust me, from the business development standpoint, you need a company that you can work with, that you can spitball back and forth with, because in <laughs> unfortunately, and or fortunately, <laughs> in my experience in working with print shops, there, there just is, there's so much to it. And there is a process. And that process has to be followed to get you the quality of material that you need for your business. And ultimately, what you need is a good print shop who will go back and forth with you and say, hey, have you thought about this? Or this is something that we need to take a look at. Or if we move this here, this might work better for you. Or how do you feel about this font? Maybe we can improve this. And one of the cool things, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Don, but you guys have seen so much. Like in my experience, who better to create your brochure material than companies that have built thousands of different brochures for other companies who have seen the full gambit, who knows what is receptive or what's hot in the moment. These are all things that your, your print studio can do for you. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, you, know, when it comes to the design side of things, we're, we're happy to, uh, to work with you to develop a piece. If you've already worked with a marketing company that's developed that creative and you've got a, you know, a brand in, in motion, then we're, you know, we're going to stick to your brand guidelines and your colors and fonts and make sure that if we design anything around that brand, we're, you know, we're going to be, um, within the spec of, of, of what that brand guideline is, is telling us are the rules of that branding. So we're very cognizant of the fact of, of those independent brands have to be adhered to, right? That's, that's your identity as a company. And, you know, those pieces that we produce for you, they're, they're like the curb appeal of your house, right? A lot of times yeah. that's your first point of contact. And yeah. you know what it's like when you drive up to somebody's house and the first thing you see is, a, you know, maybe a cracked sidewalk or, or maybe you love the rock on the wall or whatever the case may be, right? We, we tend to really focus on, on little things and they can be either negative or positive. So we want to make sure that those things are positive. So yes. you leave that impression. 
Yes, yes. On my show, I talk about web design and brochure design quite a bit. And one of the things that I like to talk about is um, how in, in 2023, you know, your website, your marketing material, they become your 20 story skyscraper. Like we literally live in a time where the image of your business, no matter whether you're small or gigantic, you can you can portray yourself as a very big business, like the ability to do that by having a well designed website by having well designed and well laid out marketing material that have great visual appeal are absolutely critical to the success of your organization and the success of your marketing teams. Um, in your time, you've seen a lot, right? You've seen you've seen the evolution of brochures. <laughs> you've seen the evolution of brochures over 30 years. What would you say is the trend? You know, now what if, if people are designing a brochure for the first time, what should they th- what should they consider? Yeah, if uh, if people are designing a brochure for the first time, I mean content what text do you want you know what's what information do you need to get out there and and that is really the first step because you know we want to we want to design a a piece that's going to physically fit that content right and we have we have lots of sizes a lot of people come to us and say well you know it, it won't fit on half letter it won't fit on letter size and and we're not tied to those home printer settings if you want a six inch by six inch book great you know let's let's do it or you know if you want a a 12 inch by nine inch page or you know whatever the case may be so so the first thing is to um to look at the content right how much content is there and and then we can start to gauge the size and shape of the book if it's something that's being handed out you know do you want it to fit in a pocket is it going in a brochure stand you know then we look at the physical shape and size of of that piece you know, how many pages or fold out panels do we want? Uh, you know, are there any other pieces that are going to be interacting with it? Like a presentation folder with business card slits and, you know, those pieces that might be working together. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, and then really we start working on the design. Once we know how much content we have and the actual physical sort of constraints or creative of that piece, how do we make that all fit? What fonts are we going to use to, uh, you know, to make it current, right? One of the, one of the most dated things we see are around fonts, right? You know, if somebody brings us a piece that's in, uh, that's using times new Roman, yeah. you know, not that it doesn't look great, not that it's not highly readable, but, um, it doesn't look like it came from, from our, our, you know, our decade. So, sure. uh, you know, so we have a lot, a lot of those tools at our disposal. We have thousands of fonts to, to work with and, so we're going to start, you know, using different fonts in conjunction with each other to support, you know, headers and and body content and that sort of thing. And then colors and, and supporting graphics, right? So, you know, do we want images of your product? Do we want images of your, of your business front? What is, you know, what's going to support that content and ultimately get people to read it, right? And then yeah. at the end of the day, we want them to contact you. So how do we, you know, what part of that, that brochure or that piece is going to say, you know, here, here's where I am. Call, email, website. Um, you know, how do they contact us? Yeah. I hope that one of the takeaways, Don, that our listeners are getting from this is how critical and how similar the design, the design of, of good marketing material is to the business development process. It's, it's really one in the same. I hope that they're really starting to make that connection in the way that you're, you're discussing it. 
Yeah, and and I think the uh, the printed piece. I mean, a little biased, of course, but um, is critical to yeah. business development. I mean, obviously, you know, everybody is recognizes the need for an email address and a website. Yeah. Um, but the printed material is is so good at driving people to those forms of contact, and it is something that can sit on a basket. It's a physical handover, and as soon as you give somebody a business card or a brochure they have to do something with it. There is a touch point there. Uh, Even if they decide it's not for them and they recycle it, they have to physically do something with it. And they're seeing your branding, whether they want to or not. So that is, that is an advantage that print has. And and, and what I, I would say makes it critical to every business. Yes. Well, and just to like reiterate Don's point, I was literally out yesterday doing physical brochure drops. We, we split them up. We don't do as many as we used to. Um, But, I still think that there's a, there's a time and a place for it. And especially locally, like, especially if it's your city um, where you're marketing your business to, and really it's a hop, skip and a jump to downtown, or it's a hop, skip and a jump to your, to the next prospects office. hundred percent. There's nothing wrong with showing up with a well-made brochure, introducing yourself, handing it over, grabbing a card and following up with them because mark my words, these brochures, if they're well done, and this is the caveat, okay, they need to be well designed, they need to be visually appealing. It's 2023, we have short attention spans, right? (laughs) And you're marketing to millennials. Um, Visual appeal is absolutely critical. But if you're doing these things right, there's nothing wrong with going around and handing your brochure out. Because guess what, if they're done right, and they have visual appeal, they're going to sit on the desks of these people. And they're going to be seen by a multitude of people, people can sit in a boardroom and pass a brochure around and this still happens. And I'll tell you what, it just, it's not the same. It's not the same as hopping on your computer and looking at it digitally. There's something that's just more tangible about having something physically in your hands. Yeah, and I haven't ever had anybody refuse to take a, you know, at a, at a trade show or a business opportunity, um, you know, a business card or a brochure. And and you know that, you know, if, if it's got the right content and it's a, you know, you've got a service that they may use down the road, it probably is going to go into a folder or sit on a desk. And even if it gets buried, it's there's something sort of intrinsic about our memory that says, oh, you know what? I read that somewhere. Let me yep. just go take a look. Ah, here's that brochure. Yes. Ah, here's that contact, that business card. Now I'm going to go check this website. Multiple times, Don, in my business development career, I've had companies call me and say, Kelly, I've had your brochure on my desk for two years, three years. We didn't need you now we need you. And and I kid you not, I know that sounds absolutely absurd, but it has happened to me multiple times in my career in business development. And so in my mind now, like, you know, just having that burden of proof has been shown that it works. In my mind, this is happening all over. People are keeping well-made brochures. They're sitting on people's desks until they're ready. And that call may come. And um, I don't think the same can be said about a digital brochure. Well, I, I definitely have a few brochures uh, sitting on my desk and uh, I do refer to them, you know, as well. And, and, you know, there is, we do have a lot of digital noise in our, uh, you know, in our business environment now. I mean, um, most solicitations come via telephone or via online forms or, you know, through the email. So, um, you know, the, the fact that somebody paid for that brochure and they, they spent the time to give it to you or that business card, they, it, it adds a little bit of validity and some weight and some longevity to it. So yeah. there, there is some, some real value in those products. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, like, 
what have you noticed? What what is the industry doing? Like, how are things changing? Are you seeing an evolution right now, Don, as AI is being implemented or all these things? What are you seeing changing in the industry, you know, over the next year or two? You know, our, our, our software is changing rapidly, uh, which does, it does, I don't know if I would challenge the designers, um, for sure. Those, those content creators, you know, they have to keep up with those changes and certainly AI is, is really being built into now, you know, Photoshop specifically, there's things that can be done with that, the software now that you just couldn't do before, or it would take hours and hours and hours and hours. So mm-hmm. You know, if, if you wanted me to take a picture of you sitting in your studio and, and put you on a beach in Hawaii, I can almost do that at the click of a button now, right? Wow. So there's that that AI side of things is is really changing the content in that way. And and so for us, I mean, we have to keep up with that um, more on the front end versus the back end. I mean, our, our digital equipment is is constantly being improved and refined as well. The quality is still continuing to improve. Um, you know, it's a little bit faster, a little bit easier to run, more user-friendly. So our, you know, the skill of our, our operators, you know, they can get a great piece, uh, you know, day three, as opposed to year two, Mm. you know, so that's, that's been good. Um, but yeah, software, you know, especially with the software as a subscription model, uh, now it allows those companies that develop that software and, and not just the Adobe Creative Cloud that a lot of people are familiar with, but some of our industry sort of proprietary software as well. Um, you know, it, it just changes a lot more rapidly because, you know, they, they can change it and, and roll it out. And we've already purchased those updates, right? So it's not like previously where, okay, version three typically comes out 16 to 18 months after version two. So now we're yeah. going to have to purchase that. So you know, so from a, a content creation standpoint, um, I, I would almost say that it's changing so rapidly that it is a bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. And you don't always know what those changes to the software are until you, you get into them. And I mean, Canva would be the same way. Uh, Microsoft Office, you know, suite is the same way. And so it's not specific to the print industry, but we we really use it day in and day out. And so, yeah, there can be some there can be some interesting challenges that way. Yes, yes. I I know. I <laughs> I feel the same challenge in business development cuz CRMs are always updating so quickly or like all the social platforms we use or heck even, you know, even AI platforms that we're utilizing for various needs in our business. Um, you know, I I had a conversation not that long ago where the discussion kind of went to like how do you keep up and the answer was you really can't. <laughs> like just do the best you can. And it's hard to say with all the AI, what's going to become king, you know, it's like chat GPT is pretty amazing, and probably will continue to be the leader in this space, especially for the chatbot side. But, you know, with all the other different things, like for the podcast, for instance, I use a program called any summary, and it's awesome. It does a lot of great summaries for the shows it does, I can basically upload my whole text document for my transcript and have it help me to create an episode page to help create posts for the show, things like that. But they're changing so quickly and they're being integrated into a lot of these podcasting platforms now as well, that trying to keep up with what is the best route forward as just a, a, a simple human is a pretty <laughs> tough, it's a pretty tough pill to swallow. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see over the next, you know, bit of time to see how many people are instead of writing that content or really looking at their own business to say, here's what's important to me. Uh, but to, to go to a tool like chat GP and, and say, 
you know, here's my business, you know, put together a brochure for me and here it is. So, you know, we'll see if we, uh, if we do get a bit of a watering down of content or if it will be just as dynamic as, uh, you know, as we, we people are, are able to create. So, yes, I'm a proponent um, for AI based writing, although I still think that if you just go off of the AI based writing, um, you still sound like a robot. <laughs> so don't just go off AI based writing. If you want to, if you want to run it, r- type something up and run it through and then go back and even make edits again to make it more sound like you, that's the way to go about doing it. If you're going to use it, because in my experience, it writes almost too good. It writes better than most people, but it also speaks in a way that probably doesn't represent the way that you speak. <laughs> right. We'd all sound highly academic. <laughs> yeah. 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 What I like to do is, um, especially if I'm typing something up that's really critical, I like to just run it through and just say, hey, if you were to make improvements to this, what might they be? And what I'll do is I'll read through it again and say, oh, that section sounds good. I think I'll add that in. But this sounds like a robot. I'm not going to put that in. And I know that it's more work, but it's good for like proof checking um, your writing make sure that you are laying things out in an organized way and you're taking people through this step process but it definitely still needs to have that human element and i think that we're never going to get away from that I, I i think the human element or the element that is you as an individual um you have to find ways to integrate that even if you are going to use ai yeah and i think that would be a great uh, you know a great tool for somebody who is trying to write content uh, maybe it doesn't come naturally to them you know, they can just start, start, you know, jotting down information and then throwing it in and, and let something, let AI put it together for you. Yeah. And then, you know, go over it and, and make sure that it makes sense. And it's the right, um, you know, the right terminology and, and, you know, vibe for your yes. business. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that's the other thing you totally hit on. It was like terminology. Like you need to make sure that it's writing it in the way that you are trying to express that idea. <laughs> <laughs> instead of the literal meaning in some cases, right? <laughs> yeah, and a lot of times that content drives the design, right? So if, if yeah. the, the verbs and, you know, the terminology doesn't quite fit with your business, then the design stemming from that might not as well, right? So Totally, totally. I recently interviewed an author for an upcoming show, and uh, we were talking about how people are just writing entire books now in like ChatGPT or like other different formats. And it's really, really disappointing on that level because it's like these people, especially these original authors, have worked so hard to create a, a real piece of art. And like, and then you take that and you say, like, all these people dumping books onto Amazon that are written in a day with a chat GPT. And I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I, I kind of felt bad after that discussion because, you know, the reality is, is that these authors are barely making any money as it is for the most part off of their independently published books. And then to throw in that you've got a bunch of people trying to make money using ChatGPT to write, you know, books on certain subjects. It's, uh, I don't know, that was a bit of a tough pill to swallow. <laughs> well, it'd be interesting to see where it goes, because, you know, just like our print industry, when ebooks sort of came onto the scene, there was a lot of early adopters and then a lot of mass adoption. And then, you know what, it, it settled out to find its place and become the right tool for for the people that wanted it. And, and I think we're probably going to end up there as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, we as as people are very adaptable. And so, yeah, I think it's going to settle in and I think it's just going to be a good tool for, you know, the right circumstances. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. John, I want you to take us into, you know, the modern day. Take us take us to February of 2021, the launch of Imprint. What was that like? Um, 
you know, why? Why did you start Imprint? And why did you do it right in the middle of a pandemic? Right. Why not? The uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, How about naivete? Would that be yeah. uh, the right I'm answer? I'm right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I um, Yeah. So I, I was working for the university. Uh, and, you know, when the pandemic hit, the you know the university was i mean that that scene really changed very rapidly and and um for a while it looked like it was going to be able to kind of we were kind of going to get back to where we were at but the reality was between you know budget cuts and the pandemic the role that i was in with the university was not sustainable and 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 we saw that coming for a while once uh you know um so yeah so then jan and i got together she was sort of between things and you know she's uh she's a businesswoman and has had you know multiple businesses over the years and i know the print industry so we said really it was kind of a, a why wouldn't we scenario yeah. and uh, you know things started to kind of come together very rapidly and and so yeah we we um decided to invest in the right equipment to support uh, both industries uh, i didn't feel that i could produce one without the other i mean over okay. the years and i i really found a number of synergies between the two and you know when you when you handle unique projects um there are just certain things that are are done more efficiently or better results in one industry than the other and and even though there may be a gray area where they can be produced in both so um yeah so f for us i really felt that that was the best model for mprint and you know there are there are print shops that have some wide format that augments their their sheet fed side and and maybe even a few sign shops, although less, uh, that have some sheet fed, you know, or paper products to kind of augment that. We're split right down the middle. We, um, we do both day in and day out and both areas are just as busy. And, and so it's kind of allowed us to, um, you know, I hate to use the word sort of niche market, but, uh, you know, we have our customers come to us for either wide format products or offset or sheet fed products. And when they realize we can do the other side of things, um, typically the response has been, that's fantastic, right? Yeah. yeah. We're coming back. And, you know, so all of our businesses uh, so far has typically been referral, which has been fantastic. And yeah, so so really Mprint, um, you know, we got going... And, and we're kind of busy out of the gate. And, you know, I had some contacts previously who, uh, because I, I, I do enjoy those sort of custom, um, maybe not quite so clear projects. Uh, and, and so those customers had, were contacting me saying, hey, I have this. What about this? And then, okay, yeah. well, I can probably help you with that. And so those customers really stayed with me uh, right from, yeah, into, into the beginning of Mprint before Mprint was even even an entity. And, and then it just kind of grew from there. So, um, you know, we obviously some, some challenges in the pandemic. I mean, supply lines were just as challenging for us as, uh, as everybody else. Yeah. And, you know, paper, we couldn't get, uh, envelopes we, we couldn't get, or if we could, we could get a handful of them, you know, um, on, a, on the manufacturing side of things, it's always great if you find a product that fits, well, you want to stick with it, right? Yes. And we found that, okay, we this month we're producing on this product. Now we can't get that product anymore. So now we've got to change and adapt and color manage, you know, a new material type of thing. So 
you know, estimating you'd price out a product and then the customer would get back to you in a week and say, yeah, I'm ready to go. You'd, you'd order it and they'd say, we don't have it anymore. Oh no. You know, we're out. Okay. So now I have to find something that's similar. Yeah. If it's even available and if it's not similar, now I have to go back to that customer and say, Hey, what's your timeline, right? Can we wait yeah. for this or do we need to do this? So hands-on, you know, um, really everything needed to be instead of, okay, I've got this, here's the pricing, we're ready to go to, uh, okay, here's the pricing. Okay. Now wait, <laughs> now we have to shift and find a, you know, something suitable and, and work within your timelines. And so, you know, a lot of challenges in, in that regard, but, um, but what we found is that, uh, you know, our, our, Local business community was was very welcoming, very supportive, and they really made that you know those initial months um, worthwhile. They they yeah. made us feel like we belong here and we're doing the right thing. We're headed in the right direction. So let's persevere and get through some of these issues. And and everybody was facing these issues. It wasn't uh, you know just us. Um, there were there were some advantages as well though. You know, advantages for us starting up in the pandemic is that we were able to create our, our business model based on that type of business environment. So, yeah. you know, we don't have old equipment that is no longer viable or useful. You know, we don't have that overhead to support an, a pre-pandemic environment. And, uh, you know, so that's that's something that uh, is advantageous now. Yes, yes. You know, I think of all the same things too. Like uh, we launched Capital in December of 2020, took on our first clients. I think it was March of 2021. And um, same thing, same thing, right? It was word of mouth that kind of got us going in the beginning. And uh, thank goodness it, it kept us rolling. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it was a different environment too. And, and same thing. Um, one of the challenges that we obviously faced in the beginning of the pandemic was just we business development is best done in person. And it was very much that's not going to happen. <laughs> Fair enough. Challenge As, number one. <laughs> yes. And so, you know, being a gigantic advocate for active marketing, which is, you know, my bread and butter, it's what I what I believe in. Um, yeah, it was very tough adjusting to a team's world to, uh, you know, to try to get people to to come out. And I know, especially when the restaurants kind of first started opening up and allowing masking and trying to say, hey, you know, like, this is still the best way to do that. So we had to kind of cut our teeth in the hardest time of doing business development as well, which I think in the long run has made us better at what we do, too. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Um, yeah. So one of the things I, I have had the pleasure of touring your shop, you gave me a, an amazing tour, you and Jan, and uh, I appreciate that immensely. And uh, your, you know, your operation is impressive. You have a lot going on. And not only is it impressive, the scope of services you guys offer is even more impressive than the facility. <laughs> um, the range of stuff that you do, and I don't know, I don't know, you can let me know if I'm if I need to take this out or not. But like you guys have done a wrapped caskets at one point in time through a, a product line you guys have called Essence. You guys have wrapped an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that that was so cool. Um, you know, there's other things going on too. And, um, you know, just tell me a little bit about what it's like to have such a, a broad product line. You know, it, it's, uh, there are challenges. Um, the experience really dictates that, you know, that it's the time in and, and the ability to say, Hey, you know what? 
I understand. I hear you as a customer. You're looking for this product. The answer is not, no, we can't do that. The answer is, we can probably do that. And mm -hmm. let me see how we can do that for you. Yeah. Right. And, and, and then finding those, those, you know, making that fit or that mesh connection. And, and what we found is that um, for some of those unique projects, it, it takes a little more time and a little more investment for sure. And a little more, um, a little more contact. Right. Yeah. But um, they're, they're very gratifying and you know, we, we love the brag tag at the end of the day as well. Totally. We like to say, yeah, we, we did wrap that airplane and here's a picture of it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. you know, it looks awesome. I mean, we just sent a boat out the door yesterday That's and awesome. you know what? It looked awesome. Yeah. And uh, you know, so for, for us, you know, we, yeah, it is a very broad range. And again, with the challenges, but you know what, the more products that we produce and the more products that we put together, the more products we're able to produce yes, right? because we're able to now combine things that, you know, maybe we couldn't do a year ago, but, but we've taken this on and we've, um, you know, for us, it's not always, that's not always the profitable work. Right. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it refines our craft and it does help to advance our portfolio. It does make us better at what we do challenges. Yes. But, uh, for me, I've, I've been in the industry long enough that, uh, I like the challenges. Sure, sure. I was yeah. going to say probably stuff like that is what you look forward to the most even. Yep, yep. I mean, don't get me wrong. We, we love printing your brochures and books and, um, you know, foam core board signs and for events, all of those things too. Love them. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have the ability to print white. I didn't even know that this was a challenge. Um, it, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so we, when we brought in our, our, uh, wide format or looked at the equipment, um, we decided to go with a latex solution and there's some advantages to latex, uh, some disadvantages too, but, uh, we like to, we like to push the advantages for sure. And, um, you know, one is it, it, it is a more environmentally friendly print technology. It's a water-based ink that's cured with heat. And, uh, and so the new technology at the time was, um, you know, HP had this, uh, laser printer with and i've used latex print technology for quite a long time but they had a white ink and white ink historically is is very very challenging to use in that it's a it's got a large pigment to it it requires constant maintenance and hp sort of developed a product in an ink and a machine that dealt with a lot of those challenges and and for us you know we really saw it as an opportunity to print you know window graphics and clear graphics where, you know, if you want something to be translucent, you know, we can do that. If you want it to have a block out look, you know, we can put white behind it. Um, historically, you had to print a clear vinyl and then put a, a whole nother vinyl over top just to block out the background. I see. Right? Yeah. So there was, there was ways around it, but now we can, we can do that. If you want your logo in white in a certain area or parts of your logo in white, and the rest in color, you know, we have a ton of control. We can treat it as its own ink. Well, it is its own ink. Yeah. And um, yeah, so, you know, control the, the opacity of it, you know, a little bit uh, here, or is it almost see-throughable, gradients. So yeah, so it's it's really been good to op open up those uh, avenues.
Yeah. And so I was just completely unaware <laughs> that that was even a challenge. <laughs> but from what I understand, there's not a lot of places that can even do that. The White Ink allows us, again, it expands that portfolio and, and helps us to, uh, you know, produce the right product for the right project, right? It helps with that fit. So it's, again, it's just another, another tool in the toolbox to, um, yeah, to create that right look. Very cool. Very cool. All right, Don. Well, this is coming to our end today. I really, really appreciate you taking the time. Um, if you could give one piece of advice to some entrepreneurs to inspire them to take that next jump, what might that be? Yeah, partner with the right printer. <laughs> partner with and, the right printer. You know, uh, if if you're developing your business, uh, you know, we, we really find that uh, we're a very relational business. Um, we want to support you and your business and we want to keep your look and, and the projects that you're doing consistent. And it's much easier to do that if, you know, if the content is all coming to one, uh, one producer. So, yes. um, yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's some real advantages, uh, in that. Perfect. Perfect. This has been episode 68 of the Business Development Podcast. We have been graced with the Director of Imprint, Sign and Print Solutions in Atchison, Alberta, Don Murray. If you guys have any print needs within Alberta, the whole Alberta area, I think, or Canada as a whole, I don't think Don has much of a limit, but uh, definitely services the Edmonton, Alberta area. Give him, a, give him a try. Him and Jen are awesome. They're great to work with. And uh, I look forward to our next conversation, Don. All right. Thanks for having me, Kelly. Much appreciated. Absolutely. Until next time, you've been listening to the Business Development Podcast, and we will catch you on the flip side. This has been the Business Development Podcast with Kelly Kennedy. Kelly has 15 years in sales and business development experience within the Alberta oil and gas industry and founded his own business development firm in 2020. His passion and his specialization is in customer relationship generation and business development. The show is brought to you by Capital Business Development, your business development specialists. For more, we invite you to the website at www.capitalbd.ca. See you next time on the Business Development Podcast. Business Rockstars, we at the Business Development Podcast humbly invite you to be part of our journey. Despite our global reach spanning over 130 countries and our status as an award-winning show, we remain committed to delivering valuable insights and engaging content to our audience of decision makers. With two episodes released every single week and a back catalog of over 100 episodes, we strive to provide our listeners with the latest strategies and trends in business development and business growth. Why consider sponsoring us? Our listeners trust us to deliver authentic, informative content, making it an ideal platform for you to showcase your brand in a genuine and meaningful way. Choose from flexible sponsorship packages tailored to fit your advertising needs. With a back catalog of over 100 episodes and an average of eight new episodes released every single month, there are plenty of opportunities for you to connect with our audience. If you believe that your brand aligns with our humble mission, Reach out to us at podcast at capitalbd.ca. Let's start a conversation and explore how we can collaborate to elevate your brand together. Thank you for considering us. Send us an email at podcast at capitalbd.ca and let's partner for the future.